And we're back for another episode of the Level Up Grappling Podcast, the official podcast of PCI Jiu-Jitsu in Mission Viejo under the, under the tutelage of Coach Brian. I'm your host, Ed, and along with my co-host, Coach Brian. And it's, hey, it's after Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. I've gained a few pounds. I'm sure many of our listeners probably have gained a few pounds. But that being said, Coach, how's it going? How was your Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving <laughs> was good. The most exciting thing is it's Ed's birthday this week, guys. No, so we have to wish him a happy birthday. And we do have a tradition <laughs> here at PCI. is We call it birthday beatings. So if you had ever like a ass beating for your birthday, come on down. It's free of charge. And uh, we just line everybody up and kick the shit out of you for an hour. It's a lot of fun. Everybody enjoys it. It's not as painful as it sounds. We do it in good humor and good fun. But imagine doing a gauntlet, but instead of doing it for a belt, you're just doing it for your birthday. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're going to have All one right, I'll for put my, I'll put my I'll put my little hand brace thing on yeah. and get in there and get beat so up. So Ed's going to have his birthday beating when my kids are around. When they're in class, my kids participate. Oh my God. My daughter the other day, she, she, my daughter has a wicked chokes, especially like this bulldog (laughs) choke that she does. Once I taught her that she blades so well and they were training on Saturday. Let me tell you, man, she almost took my head off. It's like, I was like, I I was, I was in pain for hours. (laughs) I was like, you little rat. But uh, it was it was, uh, yeah, it was an interesting day. It was, it was an interesting class day. So, um, yeah, but she almost she tried to kill her father. And it was just her birthday. You would think, hey, let me be nice to my dad because he got me some cool shoes for my birthday. Nope. She's like, fuck you, dude. I'm taking your head off. <laughs> <laughs> I was in pain. Very That's awesome. With that young lady. That's so, awesome. yeah, Ed's birthday, guys. Understand this is the... Uh, Dr. Ed, Professor Ed, Commander Ed of the CAP of Mission Viejo, birthday special. So feel free to send in your donations, apologies, insults. He loves insults, (laughs) jokes, and otherwise to the show, especially for Ed and his birthday. And uh, come on down this week to PCI if you would like to participate in Ed's birthday beating. So all are welcome, <laughs> and uh, we're going to have a great time. It'll be uh, all donations will go be going to a great cause, and uh, well, we're going to have fun with that. Oh man, my thumb seems to be in a lot of pain. I guess I'll uh, fucking uh, bite uh, it <laughs> off. I don't want to hear it. I got a full blown rabbit dog on you. Bite that damn thing off. Pins or no pins, you're getting your be- birthday beating, my boy. <laughs> Actually. Uh, if you guys, for our listeners, if you guys are interested, uh, put it into the, if you're listening on Spotify, put it into the, um, into the poll, uh, as to whether or not you guys would like to see me, I can post my video of my pins being removed. So if you guys are interested in that and the, and the doctor was, the doctor had a lot of fun with me about it. I looked at him. I was like. He's like, any questions before we get started? I was like, and he's like pulling, you know, taking all the sterile bags out. I was like, no, nah, how bad is it going to hurt? And he goes, oh, it's not too terrible. I said, thanks. And, and so that he's sitting there and I was like, do you mind if I record that? He goes, go for it. So I'm, <laughs> I'm holding my phone in one hand and he takes his little, you know, whatever tweezers or whatever they are. I forget what they're called, but, um, and he, he just holds it there and he goes, sorry dramatic effect and then proceeds to grab it and just starts yanking him out 
So, but anyway, if you guys are interested, I'll, I'll post it. I don't even know if Instagram will let me post that. It'll probably give you like a warning, like gruesome, you know, whatever it is. But anyway, that being said, I think, um, coach, I thought it'd be fun since it was Thanksgiving, um, as an episode, it's kind of like our Thanksgiving meal. You're going to have a bunch of different stuff on the table. You get to pick and choose a little bit of everything. And so I figured if anything, we'll just kind of, kind of just go into a bunch of different stuff that we've been, you know, shooting back and forth at, uh, with each other on. And, um, I figured if anything, we start, I think we had a, um, a, one of our listeners shoot us a message about kind of advice maybe on, or just kind of our thoughts about what it takes or deciding to want to become or training to towards becoming a coach and what that's about. Um, and you know, I think I can give some of my insight on that in the sense from obviously being a, a Taekwondo instructor for, for many years, for me, it was a natural progression. It was never really intended. I mean, I would say this, it, I think it also depends on the intention or what the purpose of one, why you want to become a coach two, why you want to go into teaching. Um, and three, whether or not you're in an environment that is actually setting you up for that. And I'll speak on my opinions about PCI and how we handle that. But as far as my personal history, especially in martial arts, it was that I'll say it this way. When I first started, I didn't realize that it was a money grab <laughs> system in the sense that in most Taekwondo schools and at the same time, there is tradition to it is that when you've hit a certain belt, you start assisting your instructors all the way up until you hit a certain point where you then would be deemed an instructor. Now, a lot of martial arts schools, especially Taekwondo schools, and I'm pretty sure with karate schools, and this is nothing against them. This is just the way that their systems are financially from a business perspective. It makes a lot of sense because you're not having to pay full-time instructors, maybe even part-time instructors, because it's just expected that when you reach black belt, when you've reached a certain level of proficiency, that it does become in a sense, your responsibility to provide that mentorship, leadership, training back to the junior students. And so in, in Taekwondo, when I was, I think it was when I started, when I was, when I was a brown belt is when they started having you lead the warm ups, And then when you're a red belt, you start leading um, warmups and basic drills and you work your way up to the point where you can teach a full class on your own if you needed to, or if you wanted to, or if they request that of you. It's a, it's a really good way for martial arts schools to maintain a high level of number of instructors without having to hire a bunch of instructors because hiring instructors is really difficult. Um, because one, it's like, can you make a living off of just being an instructor? You have a martial, especially if you're a small to medium sized martial arts school, like it's really difficult to find qualified instructors, especially in, let's say your specific style, or at least something close enough to it where they can be trained into it. And then you have to teach them how to teach. Not a lot of people come in. They're like, oh, I'm qualified. I'm a second or third degree black belt in Taekwondo, sport, karate, whatever. And they come in and it's like, you, it's great. You can throw the most fanciest 540, you know, spin hook, back heel kick, whatever, but you can't teach. And especially nowadays, again, from a business perspective, you can't teach. If you can't teach kids, like you almost have no place teaching martial arts. Now that was my experience. I was fortunate enough. And I do feel that I am 
I guess talented, gifted might be the right word. I'm not trying to boast, but I do really enjoy teaching. I mean, I'm a college professor. Um, I mean, coach sees me in class always like kind of, I'm, I'm always afraid I'm stepping on your toes, but like trying to help the other students out, especially our newer students, like, Hey, put your foot here. Hey, here's what you're trying to do. Um, and when I was teaching martial arts, that was, that was my forte. I'm able to connect with younger audiences and be able to communicate to them what we're trying to do, um, what we're trying to teach. And so I'd say that again, if your school is set up, even though, again, for, for my, from my experience, the school was set up purposely to develop quote unquote instructors because it, it fills a, a pipeline of instructors so that they don't have to go off and looking for instructors or hiring instructors. It's like kids, 14 years old, he's a second degree black belt in Taekwondo. He's been in it for X number of years and he's, he's experienced how many people teach. And so they call it quote unquote leadership. But in my opinion, it's like, no, it's just kind of like free labor (laughs) in essence. Now don't get me wrong. It set me on a trajectory to do, to, to help me become who I am today, which I'm thankful for from my perspective on the, at the PCI level, I think that coach your program and I'm not trying to sell the program. I'm just trying to let you guys know perspectively, as far as when it comes to instructor and instruction and becoming coach, your program is designed with purpose in the sense of that teaching is a part of every level because why we learn the techniques and at the end of every month we have to teach it back to you as a way to demonstrate that we've actually learned it yes conceptually theoretically practically right yeah. and so i think i think especially in the pci at our, at our school while the purpose is there the intention as to whether or not somebody is to become a coach or a teacher really is more or less left up to that individual, right? Yeah. In essence that we have the ability to to teach something back, right? So we talked about in the last episode about hand fighting. Mm-hmm. And so you'll sit there and you'll quiz us, well, why did why are we stuck? Why are we in this position? I lost the hand fight, mm-hmm. right? I'm teaching that back to you basically. You're asking me to teach it back to you. Yeah. Fundamentally, conceptually, we lost it now. Do I, do I personally have aspirations to become a, you know, well, what I would say the PCI hybrid grappling coach or a teacher? I don't know. It's, it's nothing that I've really strongly thought of, you know, coach and I've talked a lot on the business side of things that I have a high interest in. That's what I teach. I teach business at the, at the collegiate level. Um, but as far as my intention to become an instructor, Hey, maybe that's going to happen down the line. I don't have a direct intention for it right now. Um, I think I do have the ability. Coach has seen that in me, um, and he's mentioned that a few times. I think I have the ability to do it. Whether that's my intention, again, whether that's my desire, um, whether it's my destiny, I don't know. We'll see. Um, but I think as far as what makes a good coach and training again, is not only your technical expertise in what you're doing, but the ability to teach the ability to communicate, the ability to articulate. And I think something that people don't take into consideration, especially a lot of teachers, I think a lot of good teachers do this and they don't realize it is 
being able to articulate and communicate and connect with a student rapidly in the sense that it's a rapid fire environment because not every student learns differently. Right. And I think that's one of the things that you do well is, you know, how you and I've spent enough time on the mat where you understand how I will learn things. And then when somebody new shows up, you have, you're learning on how they learn. Yes. So then you have to rapidly go from like, you're teaching me one technique and then how you teach that same technique to the next person has to change right then and there. And I think that's the, the essence of teaching yeah, and the essence of coaching. It, you know, it's funny that you say all that and I don't forgive me for interrupting you, but if you think back to the Chris Howder episode, that's one of the big things he was saying. You know, he said on, on record, that when me and my best friend Chuck, obviously we'll have him on soon, uh, we're training with him. You know, this is decades ago when we were initially training with him. He was just learning his own teaching style. He was learning how to teach. <laughs> I don't want to feel that old, you know, but I, I want you guys to really think about that for a second. This is somebody that is a legendary instructor. And now making us all sound like dinosaurs where he's just like, oh, yeah, well, back in the day when you guys were in the garage, I was just learning how to teach. Huh? (laughs) Because at the time when we were there with him, it was just like. Chris Howder was. It was like, how would I describe this? um, Imagine being in the old West. okay, and you hear about this like phantom cowboy that comes out. You know, once <laughs> in a blue moon when, you know, the, the clouds are in the sky and the wolf howls just properly. And all of a sudden this phantom cowboy rides in and then disappears. And if you're lucky ding, enough, ding, ding. right. And if you're lucky for this cowboy <laughs> to swoop you up into his gang, then you can go and rob banks <laughs> with him or rob trains. Right. This, yeah. this was like the myth. This was the mythical figure that Chris Howder was back then. Right. Just when like the Internet was new and this there's nothing, there's nothing. You know, when I say nothing, there was nothing. There was no like these instructional videos and all this stuff. Back then, we're talking about Mark Lehman. Was selling. DVD or not even DVDs, what we're talking about. VHS copies, VHS tapes, VHS tapes of. He would remix these videos. And I had some of these remixed videos. They're bootleg videos of different matches that were like recorded and he'd have them. They'd be passed around the country. And so this is how we'd watch stuff. And this is this one mythical creature was Chris Howder. So the reason why we bring all this up is, you know, for me, another myth, mythical creature that had a profound influence on me was Billy Robinson, right? We've talked about this. Obviously, we're a very catch wrestling heavy podcast. Mm-hmm. We should just say it as it is. We're the number one catch wrestling podcast in the world today. It's really it is what it is. Everything we can say that. Yeah, it is. We can say that. <laughs> we are. We're the number one catch wrestling podcast in the world. Anyways, so here's my point. One thing Billy always used to say is, "You have to learn how to learn." That's number one. And I feel like this um, phrase 
was um, not only misunderstood by many people that heard it, but ignored by most. And like Ed was just saying, you have to learn how to teach. Before you can learn how to teach, you have to learn how to learn. And there, there are so many layers to learning how to learn. Billy would always talk about seeing things for the first time. He's, you know, when he was like 75, he's just like, oh, I'm just learning this from the first time because I learned how to learn, right? How do you learn how to learn? Well, you have to have a deep understanding of the concepts, philosophy, and mechanics of what you're doing. Then you have a broad enough range and palette and an open enough mind that when you see things that are foreign to you, you can understand quickly, learn it. You can up like upload it into your own brain, into your psyche. You're able to upload it, process the information, see how it would work, how it would work for you if it does work or if not, how you'd be able to counter it, how you'd be able to teach it, teach the reversal, right? And do that all in multiple, in uh, like kind of multiple speeded sets, right? So you can see that. You know, in regular speed, fast forward speed, slow motion speed, that's how you learn how to learn. Then once you learn how to learn, then you can learn how to teach. And one of the great tragedies of um, my training career is that, and this is for anybody that had the opportunity to train with Billy, is there's really no um, recorded videos of Billy uh, teaching. Very, very limited. The stuff that people say, oh, there's stuff out there I saw. There's this website and that website, and they have all these videos. Nope. It's not what you think. Most of those videos are just hacked off of YouTube. Okay? You're spending all this money for hacked YouTube videos. Uh, Believe it or not, back in the day when we were doing these Billy Robinson camps, we were not allowed to record anything. Okay? And when stuff was recorded, it was recorded on, like, some hack little video camera, and there was secretive and it wasn't shared with anybody so the material that's out there recorded actual video recorded material of billy robinson is minimal and i literally own everything that's been published so i'm saying this from a place of knowledge and experience because a i own it all (laughs) and b i know what i actually saw in the room and i know i was told specifically you're not allowed to bring anything and you could just write things down and i was like i have notes from years ago i still don't understand what the hell the notes i wrote so the thing that i learned from that the biggest takeaway was keep videos right so when you have like say the pci distance learning program it's part of our curriculum every month every student sees it And then our distance learning students get to see it as well. They get to ask me questions because I do these calls with them, this and that. It's a pretty involved program. You know, I'm there. And then recently, I just was like, hey, guys, you know, if you want to start, if you want to be recording the class, then record the class. I just say, hey, don't share it with anybody that's not not part of the student body. Keep it for yourself. Because number one, you can always reference it back. But number two, if they're not paying for it, why are you giving it to somebody for free? You know, don't just give it away. I don't, I'm not a fan of, oh, here, you know, this, this is all this great stuff my coach did and blah, 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 blah. No, they're not paying for it. Don't, don't give it away. So I don't remember everything I said. I wish 
I was recording Chris Howder back in the day, you know, when we were on the mat with him, when I was doing all my privates with him, never recorded anything. <laughs> but there's a certain amount of experience and ass beatings that I got that are forever imprinted in my soul. I wish I was able to have actual recordings of Billy Robinson. Um, didn't get didn't get a chance to happen. I wasn't allowed to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but now fast forwarding to having my own school and what are we doing? My philosophy is I need everybody to be able to pass it down. Because I think about how many people went through Billy Robinson's training camps. Okay. And people say, oh yeah, all these, all these people did, but it wasn't really a lot. It's very few. If you think about it globally, the number of grapplers that went through is very few. So to me, I want to make sure that all of my students know how to teach back what I taught. Because that's the only mm-hmm. way you can preserve the lineage. Mm-hmm. I don't remember everything that Billy taught. I have the syllabus, I have this, I have that, but it's a lot of that stuff that we've talked about. I only use what works. I'm not talking about stuff that works in a pro wrestling match. I want If it doesn't work in a fight, I'm not going to use it, and I'm not going to teach it. Same thing if it's jujitsu, judo, Greco, freestyle. I don't care what it is. I'm not teaching it if I don't think it will be complementary to actual fighting. And at the same time, the only way I am going to be convinced that if something happens to me, say I drop dead tomorrow. I don't want to drop dead tomorrow, but if God forbid something happens, I know for a fact that there's enough content out there and I've had good students that know now concepts and the techniques and the theory behind what we're doing in the mechanics that they can go out and teach it and they will preserve the lineage of our hybrid grappling system which is a catch wrestling based grappling system <laughs> for those of you who haven't picked up on that yet uh, <laughs> i don't know where you are where you've been but yes uh that's what we do um so yeah i agree with you it, you have to, there's, uh, you know, I know we've already had a podcast on teaching versus coaching and all that, and it's not like I want to be redundant. But you have to learn how to learn. And you have to see. And can, can I give you an example of that? Something that I saw recently? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm not going to name the person on Instagram, but there was somebody on Instagram. I saw this. It was so ridiculous. I, I don't know how I followed this person, but I was following this person. As soon as I saw this video that this person made, I, I unfollowed because I thought what he, the statement he made was so ridiculous. I was just like, for you to make that statement, I have to unfollow you. <laughs> so here's what happened. The guy on the bottom was in what Chris Howder calls rape me guard, which is you're on your back, your legs are wide open like an open guard, and you're just sitting there with your legs flailing out. The guy in the top, the instructor of this video is talking about how this guard is impossible to pass. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. That's not impossible to pass. I'm like, what? He's just like, it's impossible to pass. So this is what you have to do. And he's like showing all this hacky shit. And I'm like, wait, I'm so I was first. I thought it was a joke. I'm like, this is not impossible to pass. I'm like, he's just like, because if I try and do this, the guy's leg comes around here or he inverts. And I'm thinking like, okay, this is where my learn how to learn strategy comes in. Well, I already know I've learned how to learn. 
I'm like, why wouldn't I just pin his foot to the floor and shin ride the fuck out of him? And then just loop around. And if he brings that other leg over, pin that one too. And then shin ride it again and come off, off the backside. Or just crawl up into the mountain, cross face him. And I'm talking about a PCI style cross face, not the cheesy hack BJJ cross face that you guys are all used to. That there's no pressure, no pain, it's all bullshit. Okay? No fluffy fluff here. <laughs> and I watched what he was doing, and it was like most, one of the most cringe worthy. 40 seconds of my life. I was like, I'm, I'm like, who is this guy? Why is he on my Instagram feed? Cause I, guys, I'm not on Instagram a lot. I, I go on to post stuff. I don't, I'm not good at posting. I should be posting a lot more. It's horrible. I have this team now that's supposed to be working with me to help me do that. So I don't know. Maybe you'll see more content. Uh, but I'm watching this. I'm like, wait, I'm following this guy. I'm like, I got to follow. And then I told it, okay, I got to talk about this tonight. Cause this is like really, <laughs> Annoying. I almost want to make a counter video, but there was a video before. When was it? A couple months ago. Remember, somebody was talking about how an outside Russian doesn't work, and he was trying to show mm-hmm. some counter to an outside Russian. And I made a comment about it. I'm like, the guy's posture. It doesn't work because of his posture and how he's holding with his hands instead of hooking. And there's there's mm-hmm. no pressure there. And this is not how you would set up an outside Russian to begin with. And then they like a whole bunch of people came down to me. A couple of people liked what I said. A couple, and there was one people. Oh, see, you're just trying to share content. Look how haters are going to hate. Like I'm not hating. I'm just as a coach. I'm just trying to correct you yeah. because you think you're some badass coach. And this guy's like these people were like famous people mm-hmm. that other people follow because they go, oh my god, these are the genius people because they can do, you know, the spinny whirly twirly guard. This is you know <laughs> what they can do and blah blah blah. I'm like, yeah. No. Sorry, it doesn't work that way. This here's why your setup is wrong. Don't tell me an outside Russian is a bullshit position because it's very, very effective. It's what we've been doing all month long. I have multiple variations for it. And I'm telling you now, my outside Russian to a shovel dump is so fucking good. It's so fun and it leads you right into glory really, really fast. Telling me it doesn't work. Bullshit. Come to my school. I will show you how to set up an outside Russian properly. And you will be breaking arms and shoulders within seconds. Okay? That's it. Anyways, continue, Ed. I'm done ranting. <laughs> this is your birthday. Where's your birthday cake? I don't know. I get- Actually, I got a little bit of a funny story around that. So growing up, uh, for those of you who don't know, I'm Korean. Um, and, you know, growing up with immigrant parents, they don't understand what an American birthday is like, right? A traditional, what we would call it, not trying to get into any policy, just a stereotypical quote unquote American birthday. So I remember going to, um, so I would always get these kind of like Asian or Korean fruit cakes. And it's basically a cake with fruit. That's the way I should describe it. It's not that it's bad. It's just, I've never had a preference for it. Um, that's funny how we're going into this from, from your rant about coaching. But um, I remember going to my buddy's house. Um, he had invited me to his birthday party and it was a pool party. I had no idea what was going on. Everybody already knew like, oh, this is how a pool party works. And then everyone's gathering around for for the birthday cake and this giant sheet cake comes out. And I'm like, what is that behemoth? Like that thing is amazing. I eat it. The <laughs> most sugary thing you can imagine. And we're talking like early nineties, right? Early to mid nineties. And so eating this 
white with blue colored frosting. And I was like, this is the greatest thing on earth. Never really got it for my birthdays growing up. I think I maybe gotten it twice. And so I always joke to say the one thing I just want for my birthday is to not have an, a Korean fruitcake and just to have a, as disgusting as it sounds, it's just a basic sheet cake from Costco. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, side note. So, but um, <clears throat> yeah, no, so that's, I don't really have anything planned. I mean, this year I'm trying to keep it pretty mellow, keep it quiet. Um, well, you're having I'm your birthday for- dating, so that's not going to be yeah, mellow quiet. I'll you're be there be for that. <laughs> so, um, I'm not 40 yet, but when I turn 40, I'm hoping to do like an overseas trip for that one, but we'll see. So, um, to kind of comment, to go circle back now a little bit, <laughs> to comment on the things that you're saying, I think it, what's interesting, what's coming out is the ego of a coach, right? So for me is when you're telling us about, or when you were talking about the, the whole, you know, unpassable guard <laughs> to me, it's like, it. I give credit to, I give this in a strange way. I give credit to that, to that coach per se for having the courage to, to post that kind of information and to have enough confidence in his answers to say, I can't pass it here because ABCDFG, blah, 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 blah. And I think that's the other thing that makes a good coach is there has to, I think there has to be a healthy level of ego, right? In the sense of you should be on the knife edge, balancing act on the knife edge of confidence and being overly egotistical, right? I think you need to have the confidence. In, I think a good coach or a great coach has enough confidence in their product, in their not product in their um, process, in their skills, their knowledge, their ability, but they need, I also think for the sake of growth, you have to have just enough of a, a, a slightly over large ego. Like, yeah, I know what I know and this is how this works. And this is why I am better than other people. And so I kind of find it funny. It's like, you know, with you, and I don't mean this in in any negative way. It's like, yeah, you've got enough. You got plenty of confidence in what PCI does, and you have just as, in my opinion, this healthy amount of over ego, <laughs> where it's kind of like, it's like it's gonna rub people the wrong way. But in essence, if you think about it, it's a good thing because it, I think, I think for you, it also it, what that does is it drives conversation. It's almost like, prove it to me then. And it's like, all right, let's do this. For as much as you make fun of the Gracie's coach, there's a little bit of that in you if you think about it, right? And I, I think in a healthy way. And so I, I I think that is what makes a good, a, a great coach is some, you have to have the confidence in what you are teaching and for its marketability. And like you're saying, in order that it can be passed on, you need to build a group of disciples who are willing to learn from you, who are willing to learn the system. And and then through that, 
certain number of disciples will move on. I, I don't mean to pull this into a whole Christian thing, but if you think about it, it's kind of what happened, I'm right? You got 12, 12. disciples. <laughs> I'm collecting. You got, yeah, you got 12. Dis- the funny part is like, it's kind of our goal, right? <laughs> yeah. But but you got 12 disciples and then the one, you know, Peter becomes the Pope, the first Pope and there comes Christianity, historically mm-hmm. speaking, I mean, but it's kind of like, if you think about it, it's like, yeah, People today, they need to understand who you are, what you're doing, and why your system works, right? And this goes for anybody. I I think even if you are so-and-so BJJ and so-and-so American Jiu-Jitsu or so-and-so karate, you have your instructors have to have a level of, I'm confident in what we do, but here's why we're the best in a good way. Like, here's why we're the best. There's a humility to learn and to continue to learn, but at the same time, there is this level of confidence to say, here's why we're so dang good, right? So I forgot where I was going to go with that, (laughs) but anyway, it's kind of like, I don't know. I, I think it was an interesting topic to talk about in the sense of, yeah, we've talked about coaching in the past. We've talked about teaching in the past. But I think to to kind of circle before we kind of look for our next topic to talk about is that I think if you are in my shoes, as a, if you, the listener, are in my shoes of here I am as a student, but let's just say you have an intention at this point to become a coach, to become a teacher, to become an instructor, whatever you want to call it. Um. I think the two things you do need to look for is whether or not it's the one look inside of you to see whether that is something that you want to do for whatever reason. What is your desire? What is your reason to want to pass on that information and that knowledge? And then two, are, are you in a place where it is conducive to establish or to growing you, giving you a platform to grow as an instructor, right? Because I think if you don't have the intention to want to do that, and I hate using the word intention because it sounds so, it's a buzzword in business for me. We need to be intentional. Everybody says, like, no, put a gun to my head. Like, I hate it, but it makes sense for what I'm trying to say right now. Excuse me. It's like, um, you have to have that intention to want to teach. But you have to understand, we talked about, this goes back to another episode we talked about, what's your why? You have to know your why. Why do you want to teach? Why do you want to be a coach? For what reason do you want to pass this knowledge on? And for some people, it's going to be, I just want to make money. I know plenty of people who've started up karate schools, taekwondo schools, BJJ schools, whatever you name it, who are in it purely for the sake of money. If that's the case, you know, more power to you. By all means, you do what you're going to do. But if you if you are truly a disciple <laughs> of your instructor, it's not going to be easy. And, you know, I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll be very open about this in the sense of like, you know, Coach Brian and I just talking about PCI. It's not an easy process. It is definitely not an easy process. We have a fantastic system. But it's not like we're the Gracies and all of a sudden we've, we're just blowing up everywhere. You know, we, we, are, we've, we are seeing absolutely growth. We are seeing reasonable growth. 
but it's not like all of a sudden it's this giant PCI movement. For as much as we would love that, we're working towards it, right? But it's almost like, hey, coach has to go through his crucible, (laughs) his gauntlet in order for this. Because, I mean, we were joking about it. If you look at the three kind of figures at, at this point in time, with major organizations, um, with catch wrestling, Joel Bain, right? Jake Shannon, Josh Barnett. And I joked with the coach right before the episode, I was like, maybe the reason why you haven't really caught on is because your name doesn't start with a J. (laughs) 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 But I, I, you know, I, I just think that, yeah, take a look at your intention. And then does your, is your school actually, is it a platform for where you are, where you have opportunities to grow? into a coach. Hey, but look at this. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Billy Robinson, Brian Roig, BR, BR, mm. Billy Riley, BR. <laughs> I think that's better. I think that's better. Never mind the Jays. We've got B. Oh, look, check this shit out. BR, 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 Billy, Ro- Billy Riley, Billy Robinson, Brian Roig. There you go. The three BRs. That's See? the lineage right there. We'll Sorry, catch you guys on the next boys. episode, guys. We got some work to do. <laughs> oh, shit, that's, dude. I just dude, thought that's that. nuts. There you go. God, we're going to start getting into all this astrology stuff soon. Oh, my soon God. Enough. God yeah, we, here we go. You know what? There's so many wacky jujitsu people out there. I guarantee you we can find a couple people that are kind of like run the charts or take some kind of ayahuasca journey and be like, I had these ghosts in another dimension talk to me, and this is what it means because the BRs or the Js. Yeah, I have tons of sage here. We can burn the sage here, but so far there's been no revelations with the sage I burned in my house. I'm waiting. I say maybe I'm not burning enough, or I didn't do it in the right circle or something. It's not working. It's supposed to be counterclockwise, counterclockwise. fourteen times. Ah, like, come okay. on now. Right. See, I was doing it clockwise. Well, there you go. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. That's funny. So, yeah, I mean, God, what what else did we want to talk about? I'm trying to think through. There's some other things. I mean, that was a pretty interesting topic just on the coaching side alone. You know, um, I'll say this. Um, I have, there's a lot of people that hit me up for better or for worse, right? And they say, mm-hmm. well, Here's the number one thing that I always hear. How come nobody's ever taught me this before? I hear that all the freaking time. There isn't a week that goes by that maybe somebody hasn't seen a video of mine. Um, you know, or they've, they had a training session with me, a private with me. And I, I'm always hearing the same thing. How come nobody's ever showed me this before? And we're not talking about people that have been on the mat for three weeks. We're talking about people that may have been on the mat for years. Maybe same number of years as me. We're talking like double digits, multi-decades. And they go, how come nobody's ever shown me this before? And it, it lends me to the belief that people don't nearly have the open mind they claim to do. they have. And and we've discussed this before, and I don't know, 
maybe we can talk about this a little bit. Blind allegiance. Mm-hmm. You know, that's actually a good blind one. Blind yeah. allegiance and blind faith. You know, it was an interesting band in the '60s, Blind Faith. But um, <laughs> when you have blind faith, equally as um, disturbing as blind faith is blind doubt. Okay. They're two wings of the same bird. So one wing is blind faith. The other wing is blind doubt. And right in the middle is where you need to be. You have to have that healthy amount of faith and optimism and that healthy amount of skepticism. And that balance is missing. I think that we have people, and this is... uh, I'll give you an example. Like, you know, I do these coaching calls with the distance learning students. And so one of the distance learning students who I was having a coaching call on with this week had mentioned to me that his coach was very skeptical of him learning catch wrestling and learning any alternatives to the, quote, standard BJJ. Mm. Because in his mind, only BJJ works. Everything else is... um, Mm -hmm fake manufactured and ineffective and i was like shit we hear that a lot hear it a lot i'm like fuck I hear that a lot. send your coach out or buy me a ticket just buy me a ticket i will come out and meet your coach we'll have a discussion and we'll have a demonstration and he can tell me just how fake it is um and so he was concerned with like gosh, I don't know the repercussions of this because when I start adding this into my repertoire, I don't know the pushback I'm going to get. But he was open-minded enough to check it out, check out the distance learning program. And I have other people as well. They come on and they go, man, this is really effective stuff. I'm like, Yeah, well, that's the point. It's supposed to work. I want students to be better. Okay? When you're in this situation where you have a coach that expects you to have blind faith. It's a little culty, if you ask me. Because, you know, we've talked about this. How, you know, we'll, we'll, we've spent money on advertising and have, like, amazing people come out for seminars. But, you know, if it's not in that particular person's school or not in their association, they are told by their instructors, because their, a lot of their instructors know me, don't go. It's not mm-hmm. because we have bad stuff. It's because it's not part of their little ecosystem. Yeah. It's sad. And if you think back to, in you know, the 70s, with the whole greasy jujitsu thing and all that, when they were, like, saying that, well, we're the only system that matters and we're, everything else is bogus and blah, blah, blah. I want you guys to consider... Something. Holes Gracie, who passed away, I want to say like 1982 or something, the hang gliding accident. He was the first of the family members that cross-trained in other martial arts styles and grappling arts. So he was kind of like the Bruce Lee of the Gracie family. He had an open mind. He didn't have that blind faith. And he dominated with a capital B D the entire Gracie family. And everybody else, he dominated them. He even dominated Hickson. Hickson, 
if you guys don't know this story, Hickson was always, up until the death of Holes Gracie, was always known as the number two. Not the number one. He was known as the number two. It wasn't until after Holes Gracie passed away where they're like, okay, well, we have this new number one in the family. Hickson. But what also made Hickson different? Hickson cross-trained. Hickson would learn, had an open mind. He had he learned how to learn, right? He had that Billy Robinson set of eyes, learn how to learn. And I mentioned this before in a recent podcast. I think it was the last podcast. When I did privates with Henry Akins, he said Hickson would always use a collar, collar tie in working with the guard, collar tie and hand fight. He wasn't using the lapel and the sleeve. He wasn't using gi grips. <gasps> oh my God. He was wearing a gi and wasn't wearing <laughs> gi grips. Oh my God. Burn him at the stake. So this level of blind faith that people have, thinking that whatever is in your little ecosystem, tiny, tiny ecosystem, is the only thing that matters. You're sadly mistaken. Let's say you're in the big, tiny ecosystem, Gracie Baja. (laughs) Clearly, they're the largest association in the world for jiu-jitsu, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, right? That brand. Mm -hmm. They have their ecosystem, and they're, I mean, I'm just calling it what it is, because I've trained with those guys for years. Um, They are obsessive about keeping you in their ecosystem, and they are obsessive about keeping the blinders on. You want to talk about blind faith? You are not. They don't want you training somewhere else. I've known guys that they were afraid to take pictures, cross-training. I know guys for years that won't come train with us at PCI because they don't want any rumor or they don't want anybody to see them training with me because I'm not wearing a Gracie Baja gi and it's not a Gracie Baja affiliated location. Versus they've asked me, hey, come, come on, don't worry about it. Just put the gi on and blah, blah, blah. I go, why can't I wear my own gi? No, 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 you got to wear the Gracie Baja. I'm like, I'm not subservient to your brand. You know, and these are people that I've known for years. These are not, it's not like some random dude like off the street, right? It's like somebody like, okay, I've known you, dude. I, I used to spank you all the time. Now you're running your own school. Wait, what? First of all, I don't know how that happened so quickly. And then second of all, this is like, Let's cross train. Oh, no. Well, um, you know, even when I've tried to be open and nice, try and send students over to some of these places to train. I hit up the coaches first. Hey, you know, I want to send so-and-so to train. Oh, what are they going to be like? Are they going to be doing your stuff? Can they wear a gi and wear our gi and just tell them not to do your stuff? They can only do our material that we teach. I go, oh, fuck. All right, never mind. That stuff is so interesting to me um, because I, 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 you, you, it almost comes straight out of those old kung fu movies oh, yeah. where school versus school, whose style is better. You can't go to – if you went to another school, you are disobeying your master, right? And I, I didn't realize that was the case until we had the Chris Howder seminar at PCI. 
where I honestly thought we were anticipating at least, you know, what, 50 to 60 people showing up to this, you know, lining out the door and that, but we were struggling. I remember we were struggling for as much as we were marketing. We were struggling with some of the registration stuff of people coming in. Um, and it's one of those things where I, I remember you telling me like a handful of people would message you semi committing to going. And then it's like, they just don't even show up. People who committed won't show up. And you realize the closed mindedness. And I know we harp on the Gracies. And, I, and unfortunately, the only experience, one of my main experiences with this kind of situation was with another Gracie student um, out of, uh, where is it? Not Gracie University. What's the other Gracie one? Um, there's Gracie Baja, Gracie University, and then there's Gracie Humaita. Uh, I think that's the one. They're the ones with the yellow. Well, anyway, yeah, I think um, so. yeah, yeah. The yellow is Humaita. Yeah. So to me, it's kind of like you know, I had a conversation with somebody from that school where they would could not fathom why on earth we would have catch wrestling as part of our curriculum. Then it's interesting because you have this conversation. Like, do you guys even know what catch wrestling is? Right. Do you understand the the concepts around what catch is about? And the one thing that they start to come back with is, well, it sounds just like one, it sounds really dirty. I hear that a lot too. It sounds really just, just cheap shots. Right. Hear that a lot. The other one in this, this conversation specifically was, well, how can you even say that you guys have technique if all you're trying to do is cause pain? And so to me, it goes, at first I go, well, I would consider pain, the generation, creation, application of pain as a technique in and of itself. But two is that how it's applied, how can you, like, who are you to judge all of a sudden that we have no technique, right? We have concepts, and the concepts are expressed through technique, multiple techniques. I'm not sitting here saying that Jiu-Jitsu Gracie does not work. I never said that, especially in the, and I'm talking in the context of this conversation. I said, look, I have the utmost respect for the Gracie family for what they've accomplished. I wouldn't be here if practicing what I practice if that never happened. And that exactly to what Drysdale's point is with his book. But I was just trying to tell him, I was like, look, I'm not here to judge your style, but for you to come and judge, like, how can you be closed minded in that sense? It's almost in essence, Hey, ignorance is bliss, right? It makes, it's like, if you don't want to leave and go outside of it and just stay within it by all means, it it might keep you happy, stay there. Yeah. <laughs> but I also think that it, you lose out on. It's just like, you know, you meet somebody who just eats meat. I, they say that you're a meat and potato kind of guy, right? That, not you specifically, but just in general. But it's obviously. <laughs> but that being said, it's like I've met people. You know, I, I used to work in video games for publishers. I've met certain people in on the development side. I met this one guy literally 
every single day he would eat raising canes fried chicken strips with barbecue sauce that's all he would ever eat and you guys i guarantee go on youtube and look up the videos of, of people who just literally will not eat anything other than pizza right to live within that kind of a mindset without questioning anything without even having the remote sense of wanting to question it I even I even say this about Christian people as a Christian myself I'll admit that over over our show but this this faith of like this is all true I you know as for as much as I say that I'm a Christian unfortunately I also still have this like 0.0001% of like what if all of this is it, god I swear all my friends who are Christian are going to listen to me like what's wrong with you I I question it I think it's healthy I think it's important and especially when it comes to, for as much as I'm going to be a PCI evangelist, see, you use the Christian terminology, a PCI evangelist, I still think there's definitely things to learn from other places. And especially for me as a white belt, being a, a you know, I'm barely hitting a year into this. God, can you believe that? <laughs> December of last year is when I came to you with all of this. But and to your, to your point, there is, there was a sense of blind faith in that, right? Because I don't know who you were. You and I had a one-hour conversation, and the only thing that I was able to hold on to, as to saying, "Yes, I'm going to give PCI Jiu-Jitsu a try," was you told me about your Hapkido background. So I was like, "Okay, there's some traditionalism to it. There's some traditional stuff to it." Obviously, you have a BJJ background as well. Great, that's what I was looking for. But this whole concept around catch wrestling. And that it's a hybrid grappling system was like, okay, who's this Brian Roying? <laughs> right? Why should I go to the school? You know, but for whatever reason, I went in. And at the same time, to your point, I think I'm in the middle of being skeptical about it, especially in the beginning. I, I would say a little bit more towards the faith side, like, hey, I believe in this. But I think when I first started, it was very much a, I'm in the middle, like, I don't know who this guy is. The only thing I have to lean on is I have, a, I have, he's got Hapkido, Judo, Jiu-Jitsu, you know, the other things that I'm looking for, but then there's this weird catch wrestling thing. And he says that he knows he, he only teaches what works. Well, how the hell does he know what works? <laughs> right. <laughs> That's me as, 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 as somebody just trying to figure all this out. But it makes it so much easier. I mean, this is kind of where my marketing brain kicks in. This is where it makes it so much easier for the Gracies. They've established their name. So when you think Gracie, it's almost like, yeah, blind faith, full, 100%. There's no reason to doubt them. And then you have somebody like Robert Drysdale come out with his book, and all of a sudden you're just like, whoa, what's all this about, right? And it's interesting, just even having Richard uh, Bressler on the show, talking to him about his experience. That was a powerful thing. Um, and so for me, it's now I've lost my train of thought again. It's, it's late at night, but <laughs> well, it, you were just talking about blind faith and blind doubt and just, it doesn't, you know, either way it lends to a level of fanaticism that is detrimental to your own development. Yeah, I think so. And especially if, if people, and I've said this on the show before, if you're going into Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu or a BJJ school for the sake and purpose of self-defense. 
what frustrates me is the closed-mindedness of what self-defense means and how they're teaching it. It's like going to a self-defense. You're like, I'm going to do BJJ for self-defense, but I'm going to go to sport BJJ school because they market it as self-defense. Right? Like I said, my brother's old Taekwondo school, like for the most part, yes, there's self-defense aspects to it innately, I guess you can say in jujitsu, in Taekwondo, whatever. But like his school was like focuses on sport Taekwondo. It's ready for it's specifically for competition. They don't go around tooting their horn saying, learn self-defense. It's not even, it's not that. Right. And this is what I loved about what I've come to love about PCI is yeah, there's a competitive aspect to it. We go and compete. We want to support Josh Barnett's ACWA, which is, by the way, December 17th. If you guys sign up for it, it's, it's seriously, it's probably, it's a really cool turn competition. But then any of the other BJJ competitions or wrestling competitions in the air, yes, we compete. But fundamentally, it's just like that one lesson that I asked you about, like, well, why would I stay engaged in a specific position? And all, and all of a sudden you start hitting me. I'm like, oh, it all starts to make sense. Right. And it's funny because where's my open mindedness of this is like, for me, it's like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at some other jujitsu stuff out there. I'm looking at Jeet Kune Do stuff. I'm still looking at the old Taekwondo stuff and I'm looking at firearms and, and knife training. And, and, you know, I did uh, Filipino martial arts for a little while. How does all of this work for me individually? Right. And if I were closed minded to say, I don't need a gun. I know Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. I don't need a knife. I know PCI Jiu Jitsu. I don't need, you know, I don't need a taser because I know Taekwondo. <laughs> it's like, no. But even for the sake of competition, I think it's just a healthy way to grow. Absolutely. It's a healthy way to grow. It's a healthy way to develop as an individual, as a martial artist, as a fighter, as a even as a competitor, are we not as competitors? Are you not looking for a competitive edge? Right. What, what's the one thing that's going to, or the couple things, whatever it is, that's going to help you take you to whatever level of championship you want to be at competitive level you want to be at. Now I'm saying this outside of and purposely being naive and ignoring kind of all, all the, all the stuff you've told me about in the sense of like fixed fights and all this and that I'm just purely in the sake of competition. It's like, why wouldn't you want your mind open? Is it really style versus style? Is that school versus school? Is that really what we're going for nowadays? I think some people are obviously still holding fast to that. It's like, again, if you're, if you're staying within it and there's nothing else that matters to you, and you're happy, by all means, you're happy. It's tribalism. Yeah. You know, it's just like, it's nuts. It's that herd mentality, that level, that very lowbrow tribalism that keeps people stuck in a level of fanaticism where they, they just, they can't see outside themselves. And I think it's unfortunate because here's what they, they here's what they're missing. And anybody who's in this rut um, where you have the blinders on, you have this blind faith and all this, or even blind doubt, either way, you have to understand that 
there's an infinity loop going on here with, say, fighting. Okay, grappling. Let's say grappling. Let's keep the, we'll keep the strikes out of it for a minute. So here's what I mean. There's how many people on the planet now, Ed? About 8 billion or so? Is that what they're saying? Probably somewhere between 7 and 8 at this point. Let's say, I don't know how many people are grapplers off out of the 8 billion. We know it's nowhere near that. Let's pretend it's a million. Maybe there's more. Maybe somebody say, oh, there's 20 million grapplers on the planet. Great. Okay, 20 million out of 8 billion. Still a drop in the bucket. Out of that million people that are active grapplers, everybody, every single person is an individual. They all have different body types, right? They all have different expressions. They have different sizes, tall, short, everything. Different genders, all this kind of stuff. Now, you're an individual. Every time you engage one of these people in this type of combat, right, in grappling combat, there's going to be an unlimited number of choices that you're going to have to make because it's a particular style of body type, person, expression. You go to the next person, it's a different expression. You go to the next person, it's a different expression. So what I'm really trying to emphasize here is this infinity loop. You're doing yourself a disservice because you're engaged in the infinity loop, whether or not you understand this. Whether you realize it or not, you're engaged in the infinity loop. So unless you have an open enough mind to see what else is out there to add to your arsenal of the loop, to have a better understanding of things mechanically, you're doing yourself a disservice and you're going to be limited. You're really, truly going to be limited. Does that make sense, Ed? Mm-hmm. It's just, so I think for, yeah, limited. I think to kind of wrap up that point for me, it's like, it's, it's almost like two schools of thought. If you want to limit yourself and you are perfectly fine being there, by all means, stay there on the other hand and obviously i think both you and i are biased towards this and so it's that why would you limit yourself to it why would you not want to grow personally and like you said through individual expression of what we are learning and what we are trying to do and again i think fundamentally um you and i are like we don't do grappling for the sake of grappling for the sake of self-defense. And even if that was the case, if you, I think if you really boil it down even more, it's to become a better human being, right? Because if you know self-defense, you're a better human being. If you are, if, if you've gotten healthier, you're a better human being. If you've made friends, camaraderie, learn, understood, understand the differences between leadership and followership because of the school settings. You've become a better human being. If you have trauma and you're handling that on the mat, you've become a better human being. Right? So why limit ourselves? Why limit? If you found the elixir to your your issues and, and your goals, okay, more power to you. But I think if you are 
trying to constantly improve, trying to constantly grow, trying to constantly be better to better yourself, to be for whatever. And now we're getting all philosophical about this, but all, why limit yourself? Yeah. Why? Yeah, why limit yourself? Makes no sense. You know, just like why you shouldn't limit yourself to paying full price for sustainable sports. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good little ad there. Right? Sandalsports.com, guys. PCI Jiu Jitsu code. Yeah. As Coach Brian would say, I feel like I'm stealing this one from you, but it's it. the perpetual code, right? Perpetual. PCI Jiu Jitsu yeah. to save 10% all day, every day. Yeah. And then, <laughs> so here, can I say something exciting, Ed? I don't think, I think you, you should. You don't, I don't think you know this yet. I didn't break it to you. I told Tati the other day. So starting next week, we have all kinds of pci and level up grappling gear what oh I, yeah. Okay, yeah i did not oh, hear about this oh yeah we've got hats we've got sweatpants we've got hoodies we've got rash guards ranked rash guards we've got geese we've got shorts we've got t-shirts we've got sandals we've got gear bags all kinds of cool shit this is a bit in the making, but I got a deal done. You'll find out. You guys will find out more on the next episode. I'm trying to unravel this slowly, but as the veil gets lifted, you will see what happens. Because I got to see how we're going to um, post like the pictures and stuff. Okay. So I'm working with the company. And I think they're going to put something together and they want to talk to you too about some of the designs. You've heard it here first, guys. So we're going to talk about some of these designs. It's up and running. They're ready to go. We're ready to go. So this is like super, super exciting. That's exciting. Oh, yeah. And a lot of our sayings are going to be on the T-shirts. So you can get the saying with the logos and there's going to be some bad shit going on. (laughs) i'm trying to remember one of the sayings that we were talking about well we had the get off your back and wrestle yeah that's a good one i want to do one that says gracie who (laughs) oh geez and then we'll have a picture of sakuraba on the back (laughs) that would be nuts that'd be awesome oh my god sincerely level up grappling oh geez so off your back and wrestle i love it so we this is a breaking news, guys. Breaking news. This is coming to you uh, in the next week or so. It'll be coming up. It may be posted before we even post the next episode. Mm-hmm. Um, because I want to just I want to get this out really quick, especially like before Christmas. If somebody wants to get something before Christmas, uh, get it. Because I really want everybody going into 2024, which I cannot believe. The, dude, this year flew by, man. It's nuts. It flew by. But I want everybody going into 2024 just like lathered with level up grappling gear. The PCI stuff. Lug it around. Get it? That's right. Lug it around. <laughs> so I want it to be cool. I want it to be fun and hip. And we just got to do this. We got to go full force. And uh, yeah, we got it. I got a deal done. I That's literally, awesome. so I'm not going to talk too much about it because I know we got to wrap this up, but I literally got this deal done the day before Thanksgiving. Oh, wow. Yep. So. That's exciting. It was something in the works and, you know, it's been 
going back and forth for a bit and got this done. It'll get finalized the next day or two. Um, and then, uh, you know, with Ed's like approval, of course. And all that. <laughs> and, uh, but I, I, I'd say this if for as, as, as much as this news is new to me, I, I think I can confidently say that we wouldn't be pursuing any of this stuff if it wasn't for all of you guys who listen and support us and contact us and stay in, in touch with us. Um, it, it, literally every single one of you guys who clicks play on these episodes, listens to us, you know, again, like us when you like one of our postings with for sporadically as, as I post on, <laughs> on level up grappling yeah, get and on stuff. It, you and, silver, bitch. Yeah. Come on now. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, well, <laughs> it, it really brings, I think I, I'll speak on behalf of coach as well for us as level up grab as the level up grappling podcast, you guys do bring us a lot of joy and gratitude that again, you would spend your, an hour with us to listen to two guys just going back and forth about stuff and, you know, <laughs> talking trash talking but at the same time i think i don't know i just i listen to our episodes as i'm driving here and there and it's it's almost like i forget everything that i've said while we record me too and i'm just like so refreshing it's actually i was like i'm not trying to boast it's actually i'm like there's some nuggets in there that i pull out i'm like that it's worthwhile and so you know i and i hope that you guys as uh, as other listeners, you guys that you guys get that too, that we are able to extract certain things for you and articulate them in ways that benefit you in your grappling, because it's as cliche as, as our name is of level up grappling. That's literally been the intention is to help level you up. If you think about it, we're having like a weekly audio class. Yeah. Compared to like all the other podcasts that are out there, we're literally having like a weekly audio class. Mm-hmm. Free of charge, but if you want to donate, <laughs> Ed's setting up the Patreon. You can start donating. Um, well, you, if you guys are listening on Spotify, there is a there there is a link where you can you can support us. And we've never really asked you guys to do anything like this, but if you guys are so inclined, um, we would greatly appreciate your support. We want to see, ideally, if we can grow, if we, if we can grow this to where we can bring on a couple people to help us with the social media side of things and marketing for as much as that's kind of what I do for work per se. Um, it's where we want to be. We want to help continue to grow this. We want this, we want the level of grappling podcast to become a movement where people are being more open-minded and come on, let's admit it. There's a number of you out there listening to the show who are closet. Like I shouldn't be listening to them, but I do. <laughs> <laughs> So either way, thank you guys for your support. So we know some of them, they have like, this is like, they're like dirty secret indulgence. (laughs) Oh God, I don't want, I don't want my, anybody at my school to know I listen to these guys. It's okay. There's probably somebody else at your school also listening to you guys, (laughs) to us. (laughs) And if you're a fake black belt out there and you know that you're a fake black belt, come seek repentance here. (laughs) Let me be your, let me be your savior. I'll, I'll Confessions you. are every Tuesday from 5 p.m. Yeah, to right. 7 p.m. That's with right. Father Coach Brian. That's right. <laughs> Come get your blessing. Come confess your sins. Let's straighten out your belt situation. 
you know, don't oh, be man. a Gracie. Earn your belt the right way, you know, through hard work and dedication and a proper lineage. Don't make shit up, okay? With that, we'll catch you guys on the next one. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you. And happy birthday, Ed. Guys, when you see Ed on the street, you guys better be bombing his page. Bomb. <laughs> <laughs> the level up grappling page with happy birthday messages to Ed and everybody come down this week for Ed's birthday beating. You're all welcome. I don't care what belt you are. Come on down and beat his ass. It's his birthday. What day should we do it? Uh, we can do it Thursday. You want to do it Thursday? I think we can do. Th- I think Thursday will work. Thursday, okay. Yeah. All right. We'll you, figure you it out. We'll post it up, we'll post it up on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll post it up on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell my doctors. Yeah, I won't tell your doctor. (laughs) So, cool. We'll see you guys on the next one. Thanks, guys.